Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 8th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So that was an incredible interview that we did with Suzanne Crouch. She deserves a lot of respect for coming in. And she sat here for 30 minutes and answered questions. And um, if you missed it, I'm sure the news will be playing part of it throughout the day. We'll have it up on the podcast. Now, Kev is going to do a story on it for the the website. Mm -hmm. And it was everything... We do not fail to deliver on this show, Casey. Mm -hmm. And it was everything that we promised you it would be. I thought her answers were very interesting. And I, you know, I thought we might just kind of spend this next portion of the segment. Because, look, here is how I've always approached interviews. And that is, it is, people always think, you know, Rob, you're so critical of these people. And then... They come in and you just ask them questions because it's their time to answer mm-hmm. for the things we are inquisitive about. And just like with Jefferson Shreve or any other people, we can get the inf- we get more information out of what is it more flies with honey than mm-hmm. you do with vinegar. Just asking questions and letting people talk. Everybody knows my opinion on it. It's our job to get that person's opinion on it. And she was very clear that she gives Eric Holcomb an A. Yeah, were you surprised by that answer? Well, here's the pro- You seemed like you were surprised Well, I by was, it. because politically, that's that's a, the death answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Diego Morales, who is a buffoon, was elected. I mean, an incompetent buffoon was was won an election at convention because the base of the Republican Party hates Eric Holcomb. And so, I, you know, we kind of talked about, well, what is that answer going to be? Now, to her credit, she gave an answer. It's going to be a wildly unpopular one, and I think she's going to have a huge issue with saying, I think Eric Holcomb deserves an A in a Republican primary. Now, maybe in a Democrat primary, he might do very well with an A. But then when you spend the rest of the interview being critical of, by the way, no one can be mad at me anymore because was she not critical of every single thing that I've been critical of? Mm -hmm. Taxes are too high. Government's too inefficient. Government's too big. Government's too unaccountable. Mm -hmm. Her whole platform centers around stopping those things. So no one can ever come on this show again or in the chats or whatever and go, Rob Kendall is an irrational right-wing radical because the number two person in the state of Indiana said the exact same things I have been saying for seven years now. I don't understand, though, how you can say the governor gets an A, but then be critical of all these things the governor did. Well, I think that question surprised her right out of the gate, but I can understand where she wanted to give the administration a good grade because, uh, like it or not, her name is part of that administration. Um, So she didn't want to come on and say, well, we deserve an F. I would Because she's got to own that. I could understand maybe if she said B, B minus, C average or C plus, you know, um, but to your point to come out and say, A, we did fantastic and then go through all the areas of needed improvement. That's surprising. And and, and she is incredibly likable in person. And, yes. uh, you know, I first met her. Well, it's been 10 years ago now. And again, like I said, through no fault of either of our own, um, because Mike Pence made a terrible choice for state auditor and then against advice of many people. 
and then once he, because he made it for political purposes, realized what a disaster he made, he then strong-armed that guy into resigning, bullied him into resigning, and then lied to the people of Indiana about why the guy quit and played stupid, and then Suzanne was the next choice. Somebody like Suzanne should have been the choice from the beginning. But through no fault of our own, our paths crossed, and she was very likable then, and she's very likable personally now. But those answers are simply not going to fly now in you're a Republican talking, primary. Now, you're talking about things of the past when you say those answers aren't going to fly. Uh, no, I'm saying like the answer she gave here to say Eric Holcomb deserves an A mm -hmm. is uh, there are people who heard nothing after that because you can't say deserves an A and then be critical of all the things. she, The, the 2020 stuff, and, and, and I don't blame her politically, it's a huge albatross for her because... And don't you love that the nicknames get around? She brought it up, right? I was trying to be nice. And she goes, hey, what is it that you call me? And she's she's very funny, and she's a very nice person. And, and she had a good sense of humor about it. Mm -hmm. But you can't, you can't just dismiss 2020 as the past, and we're not going to do it again, because it happened, and you were there. And this is why she made the best case for Micah Beckwith to be lieutenant governor, whoever wins this primary, with that interview. Because if she had spoken out, if when Holcomb called everybody a human Petri dish, if she just spoken out and said, absolutely not, those are law-abiding, tax-paying citizens who want to go to work, and I can't make the governor do anything, but I can stand up for these people. If when Holcomb called Malik Mohammed and his buddies nobles, she would have said what she said here, absolutely not. Those people are garbage, and what they did to this city is garbage. And when Holcomb had had that meet and greet with Malik Mohammed, she had said, absolutely not, we don't stand for that. The business closures, the mask mandates. I get that she has come out here and said, which is great. It's very reassuring that she has said, I will not shut the state down again. I will not do mask mandates again. I will. But how do we ultimately know that if when you had the chance to do it, mm -hmm. you she did not publicly speak out? And then if anybody that is going to be a delegate for state convention, that is the number one. If I'm Micah Beckwith, I'm playing that interview on a loop everywhere I go because. She made the case why you have to have a lieutenant governor who not necessarily is adversarial to the governor, but is willing to put the people ahead of the of the policies and the positions. And I, I just don't think she's yet to square up the whole the Hol role, the whole Holcomb mm -hmm, mm -hmm, issue. I just, mm -hmm. and I think it's a hard one for her because she's she is she's worked around the guy for seven years, but he abandoned her, Casey. Mm. And this is what I I think when people look at fighters. He treated her like garbage for seven years. She raised millions of dollars for him. She was a loyal soldier. She did everything that was asked of her. She was, you know, no matter how stupid or ridiculous his positions were, she's been a, a happy warrior. He took her off the signs during their reelection. And now his little Aaron boy, Brad Chambers, decides he's going to run, and Holcomb's done everything but endorse the guy. All the Holcomb people are working for the guy, and they're helping him raise money and everything else. And yet she still, I mean, if I were her, I'd have come in here and said, look, we deserve an F. Holcomb has failed. I did everything I could behind the scenes, because that's how the sausage gets made, mm -hmm. to try to fix this. If, you know, if I'd have spoke out publicly, I'd have been totally ostracized and had no chance. And here I am to come and tell you where the bodies are buried. Instead, and she didn't do that. Instead, she was still cheerleading for the Holcomb administration. Um, I did ask her off the air about how she felt about um, the lack of endorsement from Eric Holcomb. I don't feel like I can share the answer because it was off the record. But I will say that 
having Mike Braun in the race and also Brad Chambers, who Eric Holcomb is supporting, there's the potential that they could split that vote and it would help Suzanne Crouch. Well, because that's more of an establishment y sort of we'll, we'll see. combo. Now, she deserves, and we started the interview with this. 100% credit for being in here answering the questions because people like Todd Rokita are too chicken to do that. People like Jim Banks are too chicken to do that. People like Brad Chambers will certainly be too chicken to do that. Mike Braun hasn't come in here. And so she deserves credit because she knew we weren't hostile, you know, physically or in tone to her. Our voices weren't raising, but she knew she was going to get hard questions. She got those hard questions. And she sat here and, to the best of her ability, answered the questions. And if you're ranking people, somebody who will come in here and answer the questions and own the baggage deserves infinite more credit than those total cowards like Todd Rokita, who will come on other shows on this radio station and badmouth me, but would never have the guts to come in here and sit here and answer the questions, or Jim Lucas, or uh, Banks, or any of these other people. So kudos to her for having way more cojones than those guys did. Okay, so you were not uh, super um, happy with the answers of the grade of the uh, Holcomb Crouch administration, but, she and she said, I want to move forward. I want to work towards the future. And we asked her about the Axe the Tax proposal, uh, her plans for the FSSA, her desire to audit that, also uh, mental health throughout the state of Indiana. What did you think of those answers? Well, again, you were in the government. And she didn't have an answer for how I, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, that's how long the emergency declaration went on, was telling people from my little perch, here on 40 Monument Circle, this is going to end in disaster because here's how Medicaid actually works. How is it that the radio guy mm-hmm. can get it right, but everybody, every Republican in state government got it wrong, including her? The radio guy should not be more in tune to basics of government policy than the people who make and craft the policy. And again, she didn't speak out when Holcomb admitted he was leaving the emergency declaration in place for the federal money to come in, much of that going to Medicaid for legalized vote buying. And she was assistant, uh, the, the number two on Ways and Means for years, Casey, behind Brown when he, mm-hmm. when he was chairman. She knows how it works. So I think to some people it comes off a little disingenuous to say we need to audit this and we need to figure out what's going on. We knew what was going on three and a half, four years ago because we, and it should be everybody else at the state house, should know how Medicaid works. So I, she did not give any specifics on what she will cut from state government. And you will not grow yourself into an $8 billion difference. And if you asked me, Rob, if I were running for governor, what would you cut? Mm-hmm. I would give you a laundry list, and mm-hmm. I would start with that $500 million that is going to Eric Holcomb's World Economic Fu- uh, Forum slush fund dealio with the LEAP and the IDC, and I would start there and work my way backwards, and I'd find you $8 billion by by lunch. <laughs> you didn't get any specifics. And so when you she's hit with specifics, like with FSSA, mm-hmm. well, we can't do that. okay. Then what? Well, we can't do that. Okay, then what? And so this is the general, very vague. uh, But did she or did she not say everything that I had said? Mm -hmm. 
Everything I've said about the growth of the budget, mm -hmm. the growth of the government, the growth of the tax, all of this is unacceptable. So I don't want to hear ever again from any of those people down the street from us at 200 West Washington, Rod and Todd, the Flanders boys, Jim Lucas, Jerry Tor, any of the good time fun gang over there. I don't want to hear any more about how I'm totally irrational or, or uh, a shock jock or doing this for ratings or anything else because the lieutenant governor, Holcomb's biggest fan and cheerleader said the same thing I've been saying. We're done here. The prosecution rests. It's Kendall Lee Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. After 11 with Kendall and Casey uh, on 93 yeah. WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. It takes a lot to render me speechless. Mm -hmm. I'm a guy that has opinions on a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. So I'm on my way into work and I'm listening to your interview with uh, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. And right out of the gate, I believe it was Rob asked her, mm -hmm. what grade, like what letter grade would you give the Holcomb era? Yeah. And she said A. And at that point, my mouth dropped in really? my car. I was that guy like, you can't be serious. Like, I didn't know what to say. I was imagining if I were in studio with you guys, like that would have rendered me speechless. And A? I was shocked. I was very surprised. Mm -hmm. And I told Casey, I said, you know, she knew what questions she was going to ask. But I thought right out of the gate, how do we pin somebody down? on because you know how these politicians are and they're all this way if you let them talk they'll they'll write you you know you ask them one question they'll write you a book right and i said we got to get her on record which is very fair it's not a sandbag it's not a you know gotcha no. question asking about her experience right mm -hmm. and and i thought that's the only way i could come up with and i thought about this last night for quite a while that i knew we would get a straight answer yeah. on where she viewed the holcomb administration and she said hey and i got to be honest with you everything after that didn't matter to me yeah like, she could have said, here's my plan for this. Here's my plan for that. You're going to look people, you know, in the eye, or in this case, over the radio, mm -hmm. and say, in A, when you, your group, your direct boss, which you had access to every single day, decided to tell people, you can't go to work, you're a Petri dish, but this group marching up and down the street, uh, very angrily looking to siege the governor's mansion, that's a noble cause, and you're going to give that an A. Yeah, so Rob told me this is like the pre-interview prep between Rob and I, and he said, okay, this is how I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask her to give it a grade, A through F, and that will determine the direction of the rest of the interview so i knew right out of the gate that was going to be the question he asked it she answered and when she said a i looked at him and i thought oh boy here we go and the thing is there was no but afterwards right, right? if she says well a but I didn't have a lot of authority to do the things that I wanted. I'm the lieutenant governor. I'm just a, I'm like the vice president. I'm there to smile and wave and, you know, sign autographs when people take a tour. You don't really have a lot to do. And it was your boss that made the calls. But, and this is where the butt would come in, mm -hmm. you have access to your boss that people like us don't have. You could have went to him and said, hey, you're ticking people off. This is a bad move. And the minute she announced her campaign, that's what she should have done. But instead, she came in here today and said, oh, yeah, hey. There, there was only one answer she gave that offended me because we got thick skin in this business. And the answer she gave that I thought was very offensive and is really going to 
piss people off is where she refused to divulge the conversations yes. with Holcomb. She said he's not, they have private conversations. It's not your husband. He's a public official. You are a public official. You work for us. If you're going to talk about how you're not him, then you have an obligation to tell us what you said to him. And the fact that she wouldn't do that. It could have been embarrassing for her because maybe she was putting it to him and he squashed it. But but that would have worked in her favor to say, look, I loathe this guy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was in there because I kept trying to do some. We good- had big disagreements. Sometimes we would have at it. You know, that didn't happen. And again, you're talking about a job that requires us, the people, yeah. to believe in you, to physically get out and cast our vote for you. And you're not going to tell us some of the conversations. I'm not saying we have to have all the inside mm-hmm. baseball, all the inside dirt, but she was very protective of that. You are the company you keep. And this is what I will say about Suzanne. And we talked about this a little bit last segment. She is actually a really competent person. Uh, she was a very good state auditor. And she is actually someone who, you know, if you're looking at who are the more competent people roaming around the state house, <laughs> not that that's like a huge bar we're hopping over here. Um, you know, you're ahead of the guy who gets drives drunk, blows through a barricade, flees the scene, and then tries to hide his car. So, I mean, it's not like there's this huge thing you're hopping over here. But she's hitched her wagon to this guy because it was the politically savvy thing to do. She stood behind him in 2020, even though he took her off the signs is unbelievable she raised money for him and so unfortunately she's forever linked to him and the competency of what she actually is isn't even a part of the conversation because it's all about you are the number two to eric mm-hmm. holcomb and y- you can't say an a and then say everything sucks and that's basically it was like this you, she can't she couldn't thread the needle and we had talked about that for two or three days about how she's gonna thread this needle and she tried and mm-hmm. that just doesn't work she tried to do it with the internet we brought broadband. Yeah, nobody cares because you know the broadband. Yeah, we was were paid, locked up still. The broadband was paid amazing? for. With the, real quick, the broadband was paid for with tax increases, and mm-hmm. we didn't have time to get into that. It's like oh, that could be another conversation. Sorry, I mean, cut you off. No, you're fine. Isn't it amazing though that so many of these politicians they try to bring up stuff they think you care about, and it's a big nothing yeah, burger. That's so. That's so spot on. Remember during the mayor's race, like I get there are some animal shelter issues in Marion County. All right, fine. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but Jefferson Shreve was. Passionate about passion. that, yeah. that he was, you know, crime and violence and murder in the city. And I'm shocked with her because she's so politically astute that Diego Morales, who you wouldn't put in charge of a lemonade stand, was elected lieutenant, uh, was elected secretary of state because the people, the base of the party at the convention hated Holcomb so much that they said, we will put this buffoon in over Holly Sullivan, who is Holcomb's hand-picked person. And I would have thought going forward, if you're running for governor, I mean, unless you're just a completely subservient errand boy like Brad Chambers, you would run as far away from that guy as you possibly could. And that was her, she, she can't run away from him now. She is hitched to the wagon to Holcomb the remainder of the campaign. And let me just say, I thought you guys did a great job on oh, that thanks. interview. And this is why I love this radio station. This is why I love WIBC. And I hope people keep coming back here because of moments like today. Like, look what's happened recently here at WIBC. Today, you've got a candidate for governor who comes in here and Rob and Casey, you're giving her the business right to her face. Yesterday in our program, we've got Mike Braun calling in right after he votes in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. 
Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tony Katz program, Victoria Sparts breaks the news that she is going to run for re-election. You know, we went right at it with Jim Lucas after his uh, DUI <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you get with this radio station. So when people on social media who know nothing of what we do say, oh, that's that Republican station. It's just the conservatives. We're really tough. We are really hard on conservatives, probably tougher on conservatives than we are on Democrats. And every show that we have here at our station, we've got the ability to break major stories, have the movers and shakers on, and I hope people respect that and keep coming back. So Eric Doden will be with us tomorrow at 11, mm-hmm. and he's he's going to talk a lot about his area, which is he was the IEDC director before yep. Chambers. So we're going to talk about LEAP. We're going to talk about IEDC. We're going to talk about this money. Money that go are of the poor and middle class money that goes to mega corporations. We'll see what he thinks about that, and also how he wants to give teachers a tax break. So that will be tomorrow at at eleven. He's going to come in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So real quick though, the Pacers made a trade while we were doing that interview. Buddy Healed on the move. Oh no! Woj from ESPN putting uh, out on Twitter. Buddy Healed on his way to Philadelphia. Do we get Joel Embiid in return? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> you get Marcus Morris a. a <laughs> A European shooter and three second-round picks. (laughs) We got what? Exactly. So, (laughs) why would we do that? I don't like helping Philadelphia out. Yeah. Like, they're ahead of the Pacers in the standings. Now, Embiid is injured. He might miss the rest of the regular season. So, you can catch Philadelphia. Don't help them. Yeah. Don't help them. Don't give them a shooter. Like... I get it. Buddy Heald's had a down year, and he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So there's a chance he was going to walk, and you're going to get absolutely nothing in return. Well, so what? With three second-round picks, who who are we going to get? Uh, Malik Renew? I mean, what, like, what are we doing with two second-round three? This is not the NFL draft here. I'm not even sure these two guys that are coming over will ever even suit up for the Pacers. That's an odd trade. <laughs> That's a very odd trade. Benedict Matherin, this is your time to shine. You're now the starter. And Ben Shepard, the rookie, who was the second first-round yeah. pick the Pacers had last year, he's supposed to be the shooter. All right, young fella, this is your opportunity. All right, what's coming up this afternoon? Uh, this afternoon, uh, it's you. Oh, that's right. We're going me. off the rails Ooh, boy, totally with forgot. Rob Kendall. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish, is filling in for Big Nigel. Nigel's not at work? I know. Shocking, right? <laughs> and we'll have the biggest stories of the day, and we'll have a lot of fun. We got concert tickets to give away yes. in the first 30 minutes of the show. Yeah. So from 3 o'clock to 3.30, we'll have a giveaway for you. Awesome. Thank you, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Abdul's going to join us in just a bit. It is 11.36 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I have to read this email we got on this interview we did with Suzanne Crouch. Um, (laughs) You know, like the response has been just overwhelming and wonderful, and people really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And look, you got a lot more there in 30 minutes than you've gotten in seven years. Mm -hmm. And people know, and you now know, good, bad, or indifferent, if you love Holcomb and you think he's done a great job, then Suzanne's your person. And if you think no, then, you know, you're probably going to look somewhere else. And that's what we now, we kind of know out Mm -hmm, of that. mm -hmm. And you've got, I mean, basically we had 25-ish minutes. And we did everything in our power to move things around. And we love our fabulous sponsors and everybody who participates and helps to give as much time as we possibly could in the time. Uninterrupted. Right. Straight through. And in 25 minutes, when you've got three people and you've got, 
obviously, she's going to have to answer the questions in more than one word Mm -hmm. that we ask. And we want to be polite and good hosts and give her a chance, as we did, I think, on every single question. She was allowed to answer every single question that we asked and let her speak. You only have time for, I don't know. What did we get to ask? Maybe eight or nine questions in total? Because I didn't be, get to half of my questions. There's going to be some back and forth. <laughs> and look, we prioritized 2020 because uh-huh. clearly that is the signature time of the Holcomb administration. It's the signature time of what the, the hyper-offensive stuff that Holcomb did. We had to find out how she felt about those things. Mm-hmm. We had to talk to her about the Medicaid stuff because that was a part of 2020. We had to talk about FSSA because that's clearly competency and governance. And it's an ongoing issue today. Absolutely. And so, unfortunately, when you only have 25 minutes and there are things you absolutely have to get to that are the number 1A thing, you're just going to run out of time. No, she has said she will come back. But it's just impossible to hit everything from every single person. If we'd had three hours, we wouldn't have been able to get to everything. And this one, even though it has been resoundingly, overwhelmingly positive, we there's always one person, Casey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm going to read this email we got. And it's okay. just, Cheryl, God bless you. And that's all I'm, I'm going to say. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Thanks for nothing, Rob. <laughs> The one topic I was sure you would address, and you didn't, was property taxes. Don't say you didn't have time. (laughs) You talk about property taxes at least once a week on the show. Maybe more. Mm. That was something a lot of us senior citizens were hoping to hear. Cheryl. Okay, Cheryl, first of all, she didn't bring it up, which means she doesn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. It's not a central part of her deal. Right. Her deal with taxation is the acts, the tax. Mm -hmm. We gave her ample opportunity to explain that. Mm -hmm. We didn't hear an explanation on what she would cut. We thought that was very important because it's a central part of her campaign. So in the time we had, I'm sorry that we weren't able to get to a thing that she hasn't prioritized and probably isn't a big deal for her. So you can t- kind of reasonable deduction yeah. that she ain't going to do nothing with it. Right. I thought we were all kind of smart enough to figure that out, but I'm sorry, Cheryl. And Cheryl, I promise she said she will come back as we get closer to the election. Mm-hmm. We'll ask that like right out of the gate to make you happy, Cheryl. Well, and it's not part of her platform. If you were to say, hey, what about property taxes? You'll just get some, you know... <laughs> standard boilerplate answer of yeah it's a real issue we'll look into exactly. it exactly and they asked the tax her thing mm-hmm. and we gave her a chance to walk through that and it's just i it's funny i mean we laugh but it's just like no matter what you do can you imagine well like what should we have cut from that interview you can't please everybody can you imagine time, if, if we hadn't talked about malik muhammad mm-hmm. or or the petri dish mm-hmm. or the, the the riots or the locked i mean somebody would be mad about that if we hadn't got into the fssa somebody mm-hmm. had been mad about that if we hadn't asked her to talk about grading holcomb people would have been mad it's, you can't right. win casey oh i'm sorry hey abdul's gonna join us next you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Oh, yes, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Kate. What? What? It's so funny. <laughs> I love you like my little brother. Well, really- you know, uh, did you just bring out the enthusiasm <laughs> in me. What can I say? It is the Kendall and Casey show. Uh, look who it is. Author, broadcaster, provocateur, owner of IndiePolitics.org, Abdul Akib Shabazz. Hello. Hello, my brother. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. So let's, uh, we got to start with this. And I feel very bad because we recorded our State House Happenings this morning and uh, our Sunday mornings here on WIBC. I did not get to the fact that Diego Morales somehow managed to do something that even by Diego standards, you, you left yourself just going, what? And, of course, I'm talking about the fact that he endorsed Jim Banks for U.S. Senate, declared him the next U.S. senator from his official office, tweeted out the photo from his official office. Uh, we looked it up on the Internet, and it appears the rules are still very clear from the inspector general. Don't do politics with official government resources. Uh if somebody wants to make a case out of this, it seems like he could be in some trouble. Am I wrong? You are not. You are not incorrect. Oh, very good. Um, and Diego was doing so well. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, "Wait a second. Uh, because uh, obviously, you know, Jim Banks went and filed for himself and Donald Trump got all the signatures in. And like the Secretary of State will do, they'll take pictures with the yes. know, various candidates. That's a common thing. It's a common thing. Usually, they'll do it outside the office. So there's. So it's a, the return is a little bit of a different creature than right. the actual in your office and they, and they generally do this with all the candidates. Hey, if I'm a Republican and you're this is your big day and I'm here to support you participating in the political process. Right. And so when Jim Banks took his uh, – so when Diego took his picture with Jim Banks in his office, like, okay, fine, whatever. But then Diego sends out a mailer saying, I endorse Donald Trump and Jim Banks are next to a senator. I was like, dude, come on. you got to be freaking kidding me. Like – are you stuck on stupid? You- Did he? Does he know? I mean, I, I don't. This seems to be mean, but Diego is such a buffoon. Does he even know? I mean, it's such common sense. But do you think Diego knows that he wasn't supposed to do that? Well, I'm not sure if he knew or if he didn't. I know uh, Jerry Bonnet would never allow that to happen. Jerry's the chief of staff in the Secretary of State's office, and Jerry would never ever allow that to happen if he knew that's what was going on my my assumption is when uh diego went to talk to jim Banks, they probably spoke for a few minutes hey let's take a picture right bam and we'll throw it up on social media but then when he used it as campaign literature it's like dude you can't do that type of stuff because he is ultimately the decider of balls and strikes he's the umpire it's the equivalent of before game one of the world series if it's the dodgers and the and the yankees or white side yeah good luck with that that ain't (laughs) happening anytime soon like your cubs if the well exactly if you but if you declare if the umpire the home plate umpire were to come out and declare uh the dodgers congratulations to the dodgers on winning the world series and clayton kershaw is the is the world series mvp what white Sox or yankees fans or whoever gonna be going what Wait a second, and and, uh, and it's one thing. It's one thing to do an endorsement. That's fine if you're doing endorsement as, but not using government time and government resources to do this. Uh, it, I mean that 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 was my thing. I don't mind the endorsement. Endorsement. I don't think endorsements matter at the end of the day. To be honest with you, but if you want to do an endorsement, that's fine. But do it do it the right way. Yeah. Because now you've made what would have been a non-story a story. So what's going to happen now? Because it's pretty clear he did politics from his official government office. He used government resources to promote a politician. 
It's very clear on the inspector general's website. And we read the thing on the air with Casey uh, last week that you, you can't do that so what what happens now i want to say someone would have to file a complaint with the inspector general's office and then they then they begin their their process so and i don't know if a complaint's been filed yet but i'll be checking on that day when i get back from court abdul is our guest okay so let's talk about uh, kind of some of the other big things that are going on now and this and the biggest thing and you've been kind of doing a deep dive on this is this bizarre behavior from jim banks about Nikki Haley and the signatures. David Shelton, who's an Ox County clerk, who is a Banks and Trump guy, by the way, was on with us yesterday, said, as of right now, she has the signatures. Multiple other people have reported she has the verified signatures pending challenges. This looks really bad for Jim Banks, doesn't it? It was, once again, it's an unforced error, is is what it is. And there have been a lot of unforced errors in Indiana politics these days, which which I can only imagine what's going to happen around Valentine's Day, when a stupid thing happens that throws everything... Uh, out of whack. No, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, with the signature requirement, there are sort of two deadlines. There's, there's a deadline to have your signatures in and verified, and then there's a deadline to actually file. And between the time you file your signatures and the time you file your your uh, your candidacy, there there what what the, what what voter registration folks do is they go through they go through the signatures, make sure you got them all. And what happened was was that uh, Nikki Hale only had like. She was, she was 47 signatures short of, of getting of getting on the ballot but people forget that they're still going they're still processing signatures yeah. and IU was down 15 points in the second half against Ohio State the other night they still won the game right they don't de- declare the game over with 10 minutes left to go exactly that's why you wait until you, you keep your powder dry like hey, let's just let's ease off the accelerator just a little bit and just wait and make sure that everything is done because people forget too that Marion County is basically it's two count two congressional districts. It's the fifth district, yeah, and the sixth. Yeah, district. that's right. And so sometimes the sixth district will end up the fifth, and the fifth will end up the sixth. So sometimes they'll get mixed up. So you got to go through all that process. But I trust the people in voter registration who've been doing this for 20, 30 million years to get this right. And and uh, Trump says illogical stuff all the time, and it's almost part of his crazy uncle charm at this point. Although it is weird, he didn't seem to know when the Indiana primary was, but. Trump, okay, so Trump gets it wrong, whatever. I mean, it's weird, again, that he even cares about Indiana because she's not even going to be running for president by the time we get here. But it's Jim Banks. Are we led to believe that Jim Banks wants to be a U.S. senator, doesn't know how our elections work? I mean, there's only two options here. Either he was trying to manipulate an outcome or he doesn't know how the process works. I tend to agree with uh, what our uh, colleague Jim, uh, Jim Merritt said earlier on the program today, is that some staff was probably looking, you know, just doing some checking like oh my god the deadlines passed for signatures she doesn't have them let me let jim banks know then jim banks told donald trump so it's it's a classic of can anything possibly go wrong it it did yeah well but you and i have this all the time where you'll hear a story and you'll come to me and say hey did you hear can you confirm or i'll hear something go hey can you confirm we're getting the information right before we're putting it out there for a guy who is a congressman Let's just take away the fact of the weirdness that it is fetish of people not running for office. He looks so bad in this. It's Once again, it's an, it's a, it's an unnecessary, unforced error. Speaking of signatures, we've got six Republicans running now for governor. It appears they all got the signatures. We're going to have Doden on tomorrow. We had Susan Crouch earlier. Monday, we're going to have Jamie Rittenauer on that is the most incredible story, even if she gets three votes for governor, that with $17,000, she got those signatures. We were talking during State House happenings. I can't remember, in all the time I've been covering politics and government, somebody who wasn't either a highly connected politician or 
super rich guy like like Braun getting the signatures for Senate or governor, and she did it with no money. It's amazing. Um, there, there are two ways to get signatures. There's the easy way and the hard way. <laughs> the easy way is to go hire a firm. That's all they do and get their signatures. The hard way is to do what Jamie did. And I'll give credit where credit is due. They built your grassroots network. You got your signatures, and that's fine. But now, okay, that's just step number one. Well, she ought to write a manual, though, because we've talked about this before, about how hard it is to get those signatures. She cracked the code because she's going to be on the ballot, you know, assuming, I mean, she got, you reported 6,000 signatures, so they'd have to find, you know, 1,500 that were n- no good. Maybe they will. I, I, I don't know. But uh, are you surprised, take her out of the equation, are you surprised that all five, including Curtis, got the signatures? No, not necessarily, because some folks have been starting, starting for a while. And, for example, uh, whether, whether it's Braun, whether it's uh, Chambers, Suzanne Crouch, they've all done this. They, they have the resources to get the signatures. So when you hire a firm, uh, I, I, unless the firm is like, you know, Dewey Cheatman and Howe or, you know, <laughs> or, or, Dewey, or, get, or Duck and Dodge, or uh, that, that, that would be one thing. But the fact that the candidates got the signatures does not surprise me. Will there be some challenges? Uh, maybe, but the, but the absolute filing deadline is Friday at noon. Now, Monday is the Rust hearing. Yes. Are you going? Oh, yes. I, ha- I have my seat reserved. Okay, very good. So he'll be in front of the Supreme Court to see whether he can stay on the ballot. Um, boy, it would be my my money is this. Uh, it's it's hard to you can't predict what a court's going to do, and I would never try to predict what the judges are going to do. My money right now is I lean towards they let they they keep things as they are. Yeah, which means he would be able to run, right? Because uh, first of all, uh, Judge Dietrich wrote wrote an excellent uh, opinion, thirty six pages long. Number two, the Supreme Court did not stay. Yeah, the order. And, and one of the things you can kind of tell where, where courts may be leaning is if they say the order or not. And the fact they didn't stay yeah. the order tells me quite a bit. Which would mean Rokita would lose again, which would be great. What, that, this is just another loss. <laughs> hey, hey, are you working this weekend? Or are you doing anything? Actually, actually I'm working oh, this weekend. Oh, what's coming up on the Abdul uh, at Large at 1 o'clock on Saturday? Uh, Victoria Sparks will be our guest. Uh, talk about her decision to rerun again. Also, uh, one of her challenges uh, will be there. We talk about Indigo and the Red Line, also uh, some of the candidates for governor. Saturday, 1 to 3, Abdul at Large, 93 WIBC. You're the best, Abdul. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. We'll see you here tomorrow, 9 until noon. It's Kennel and Casey Show, 93 WIBC.